seems cold and bleak and you just can't take it anymore. Here it comes, that glimmer of hope, a light shines through the dark. It's a hopeless show, with Aaron and Rohit Woe. It's a hopeless show, with Aaron and Rohit Woe. Well, howdy ho! Well, How are you doing, neighbor. Aaron? Ah, good neighbor. I'm doing great. It's so good to be on the Hopeless Show right now. And uh, our theme, oh man, I don't like our theme. Oh no, no, no. Oh hell no. No. We don't, we don't want any of that shit just kind of like, you know, just ruining our way of life. Yeah, I'm a backwards thinker, not a forwards thinker. So this whole fear of the new topic, I say we, uh, I say we, uh, we tell that Rohit and that Aaron to to go fuck themselves. Honestly, which is really the most legitimate thing anybody can tell us to do at any given time. <laughs> yes. So th- thank you, Randall from Wisconsin, for that wonderful advice. But our theme, we are sticking to it. Our theme is fear of the new. So what does that mean? Well, we'll have to find out. Uh, I think it's being afraid of new things, but I'm not sure. Maybe just maybe, (laughs) uh, it could, it could find its way into a lot of these crazy topics we have today. So, but first Rowan, what have you been up to? Oh man. Moping sad because I got the news yesterday. I got an alert from Geico Uh, because you know, my car was in the shop, you know, it got into a little fender bender. Um, and just after it had gotten you know painted and completely i bought i did a lot of work to it um and you know it just sadly um you know it was a completely innocent accident uh, when a friend borrowed it but i just got a call because they did a little extra work um ends up there's frame damage and geico is totaling the car no and, yeah this is our beloved subaru outback 2011 that we've had it's only got 70,000 miles on it in 12 years, but we've put every mile on it. And it's a very rare manual transmission. We are so sentimentally attached to it. They don't make these anymore. Um, and so I am extremely sad. Ina is extremely sad. Um, but there might be a chance that they pay us out and I buy the salvage car from them. And then and, redo it, rebuild it. And then you have it turn into a rebuild. Um, and That's a smart idea. Yeah, it depends on who you ask. But I, well, let's let's just say it right now. This show is officially dedicated to the 2011 Subaru, and we will um, we're paying our respects by um, honoring the Subaru in this show, and that's it fits real well with uh, fear of the new, the topic. Yeah, because my baby uh, girl's on life support. I can't say goodbye to her for sentimental reasons, but also I do not want to drive an automatic transmission car ever. I do not want to ever own one. Um, but now I will have no other choice. Do you look down on all people who drive automatic? Yes. Okay. Just checking to make sure. Because I, I, I always assume people who drive manual look down on people who drive automatic. And you would be correct. And I... Uh, and... We as automatic drivers uh, look at manual transmission drivers as pompous, arrogant assholes. So it's it's a and mutual. And you would be correct. So it's a mutual disrespect. Oh, yes. 
<laughs> and here's the thing. We, we don't refer to you as drivers. We refer to you as steerers. Because all you do is press the gas and steer. Um, so, and that's okay. You know, everybody steers. Um, so there's no shame in it. Uh, well, um, I think we just equally pissed off everyone who's listening. Yes. <laughs> We've already accomplished our goal like three minutes into this episode. Well, let's see. Anything else go on uh, during the last week? Uh, well, yeah, you tell me. I don't know. Oh, so uh, last night I went to a uh, friend was generous enough to bring me to uh, the Hollywood Bowl for Cold War Kids and Tears for Fears. Wait, what? Yeah, it was. I didn't even know it was happening. And then, are you serious? And it was a box. It was, uh, uh, yeah. Shout out to Julian. Thank you for the seats. It was Hell awesome. Yeah, Julian. Good for it you. It was so sick. It was uh, so. This so I didn't. It was it was the, that type of show that I didn't realize I wanted to go to, and then when I was there, and the seats were like front, like the boxes. We were like the front yeah, box. Yeah. And uh, Cold War Kids were great. What was I love that band. Yeah. Um, but the crowd was definitely not like into it. They were definitely there for Tears for Fears. Get out. But I was into it, so that's yeah. all that matters. I thought it was I awesome. I love Cold War Kids, man. And then uh, Tears for Fears came out, and man, those guys, they're so old, but they're not that old, but they are still, they're like 60, but I thought they were like 90, but they sing like they're still 20. If you can add up all that math. Yeah, I think I think that adds up to 100. To 100, yeah. So they're, they're keeping it 100. They're keeping it 100, yeah. But dude, uh, they, they're, they're the, the hits that they have and the, the way they still sound so good. I'll put some up on, uh, on my Instagram after, uh, after this. It, it was, oh, they did an amazing cover of Creep by Radiohead. What? That oh, led so into it. So insane. It was so cool. And then we, I was cool, lucky enough to uh, be brought back to the backstage area after got to meet these guys they were very nice are you serious uh, yeah it was very it was a very like cool like only in hollywood but also only at the hollywood bowl experience way to bear and, the lead by the way yeah. oh yeah by the way i met them after yeah <laughs> i know it's a ruined story but i i'm i haven't even got i've been busy today so i haven't even gotten to really talk to anyone about this so i'm telling you in the audience that tears it was their oh this was what was wild during the show um they talked about how this was their first time ever playing the Hollywood Bowl and how honored they were to finally do it. And I just have always assumed that every big artist has played the Hollywood Bowl, but I guess it's still like a rite of passage. Like you either do or don't get to do the bowl. It's a giant venue, obviously. So you, some don't, I mean, it was absolutely packed, like not a single empty seat, but they'd never, they were, they were like, they were, you know, fangirling out because, They've gone to the bowl a lot, they said, and seen zillions of shows, and now they're on the stage. I love that for them. And, you know, I remember when we were kids in the 80s, from that genre of music, you know, I was always like Tears for Fears and NXS, who I always very closely related to each other. Um, I loved both of those bands. And obviously, you know, um, oh, the lead singer of NXS passed. Uh, was it? Yeah, he, uh, choked, he choked himself uh, with, during sex or something like that. Yeah, some shit like that. Um, oh, and 
the also oh for Tears for Fear I didn't really know them until uh, Donnie Darko because when Donnie Darko came out and they he, they used a bunch of uh, Rick Rich Kelly I think is the director's name he used a bunch of uh, like Mad World and a few other songs of mm -hmm. Tears for Fears that's when I was like I saw that movie and I'm like oh I gotta learn more about then they also had Everybody Wants to Rule the World which everybody knows they had Shout Shout was right. the last. They did creep, yeah. and it led right into shout. It was cool. like it was like the the last like fifteen minutes was just a like a jam session. So it was just a very very cool uh, cool show. I, I always feel fortunate when I get to experience these things because yeah. it's just a very uh, Hollywood Bowl. If you're in LA, just go go to whatever it is. It doesn't matter what's there. Orchestra band, just go because it's. It's a one-of-a-kind venue. Yeah. I was offered tickets to see an orchestra play um, uh, Space 2001 Space Odyssey and over the whole film tonight uh, at Whoa. the Bowl. But uh, we've got company in town. Um, so sadly, I have to turn those those free tickets down. Tell, the, com you, tell the company, yeah. just put on like Schindler's List and tell them to chill for three hours. <laughs> I mean, they are from Austria. They would definitely, it'll be a good lesson. Um, that was I. Uh, that joke was partly because I knew that that's where they're from, but yeah. <laughs> I know their audience didn't. <laughs> so thank you for clarifying. <laughs> um, yes. So that is that is a bit of clarity. And and by the way, just a quick note. Um, I saw a meme the other day. Um, you know, like the one hundred emoji. Um, there was one. Uh, I just said ninety nine. Oh, I mean, this guy's picture. He's just it's like, I keep it ninety nine because I do be lying sometimes. <laughs> really? <laughs> it's just a really funny meme. So I don't know. Wow. Know. Yeah. I like it. I like the honesty in the meme. Yeah. <laughs> I keep it 99 because I do be lying sometimes. <laughs> That's, uh, <laughs> well, we all, every, no one's perfect. And, yeah. and, uh, no one actually can keep it 100. Oh, this is what I was going to say about the concert. So fear of the new is our topic. Tears for yeah. fears. And, uh -huh. and, Nostalgia. I realized there were a lot of people there who were, um, I mean, I didn't, I didn't know really Tears for Fears until this movie came out years later. And there were like kids there who were like, uh, 15 year olds. And you could just see the nostalgia kick probably because of TikTok and the internet with some of these songs hits hard. So then there's, you know, there were a lot of 60 year olds and then a, like every other age, because I feel like nostalgia is just, bigger than ever yes and it is our time but the crazy thing is i think nostalgia is bigger than ever we think i think it is but these are what we call oldies and when we were growing up and as people our age people in their 40s they're like oh those people love oldies right remember we we're like 19 years old and it's like oh you listen to like classic rock right now limp biscuit is classic rock <laughs> so yeah what about uh well let Let's because it, that's a good music segue. Yes. Uh, let's oh, use music to go right into your topic. Right into our first topic, and this one's a mouthful. Now, um, artist, sensational, world famous rapper, singer, uh, violinist, thespian, thespian, Lizzo is possibly on the verge of her getting socially canceled. Now, Lizzo is being sued by three of her former dancers 
who, uh, amongst other accusations, have, let me see what I remember thus far. Um, she has uh, berated them, fat shamed them. Um, Wait, say the second one again. Fat shamed. I don't which, know. Can you explain? Yes. Um, so Lizzo was making comments about their body weight. Um, Being too saying, little or too much? Too big. And huh? I mean, yeah. can you explain further? Yes. Um, you know, kettles and pots and all those things, those, you know, those things we have in the kitchen. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's what kind of was happening. And so, so wait, Lizzo, for some of our audience might not know Lizzo. Can you just describe her a little bit? She is a strong, powerful woman. <laughs> like, I mean, even like, so describe her, her music and what she looks like. Her music, you know, it's, it's soulful, it's <laughs> dancey. And she looks like she's having a great time. And like, I don't know, is she black, white? She's black. Know, is she, yeah, is she she's, like more know, petite? She's... Does she not? I... I think she carries herself in a really big way. <laughs> like she's just got a presence, a big presence. Uh, I wish I wish our listeners could see Rohit right now just because uh, like like squirm there's no word invented squirm wouldn't be the right word for how he looks right now in answering these questions <laughs> Listen, she's made she's left a very big footprint on the industry over the past couple of years <laughs> so so she's fat shaming okay so keep going sorry I'm just so trying anyway, to get, yeah. gather all the facts before I give you hope Yes, yeah, so she has uh, fat shamed uh, some of her dancers. Um, uh, she's had uh, situations, according to the accusations, where she has threatened violence huh. on them. And additionally, some dancers, uh, in multiple times, she sort of coerced them to going into strip clubs or places with nudity, and some weren't comfortable. And she made some of them eat a banana that was uh, in the vagina of a of a uh, sex club uh, worker. Um, <laughs> this is this is a yeah. Keep going. Yeah, <laughs> I am. Um, I'm popping my popcorn right now with this one. Yeah. So yeah, I guess just seeing all the memes that yeah, Lizzo is 100% that bitch. Um, <laughs> that was as her lyric says. And there was uh, so comedian Tim Dillon. Oh, I've, I've actually met that guy. He is, uh, uh, for those who don't know, he's a, he, he's a self-proclaimed fat gay man who yes. is, uh, who I, is, there's not much pro proclamation needed for it. No. And he's also, uh, like a right winger. So he's, he's, uh, he, he's very funny because he's just, he kills he's, all the stereotypes. Oh yeah. It's, it's, he's hilarious. He, um, he was saying Lizzo's biggest mistake is hiring other people that look like her because they'll just, it's just a competition to be the most Lizzo. It's <laughs> just not going to work. <laughs> and now her only option is to like get really skinny. And these are his words, not mine. Um, <laughs> so yeah, this whole fucking theory. But anyway, um, Lizzo is under fire now. Pretty big fire. What are your thoughts, Aaron? Not small fire. No, no. This this is a big firestorm. Like you know, Rowan, I, I don't usually give you too much credit. And with this topic, having had no idea this was going on, I feel so much hope because 
this is just there's so many double standards that are hysterical in this and just so much absurdity that uh i don't know i've i've liked a few lizzo songs i don't really know or care much about her but now i do i have just become a a i don't know if a fan is the right word but i, I i'm i'm into lizzo now like like this is just so bizarre and weird and like kind of awesome that uh i'm all i'm all here with popcorn for this downfall or whatever is to come because this is funny like the banana thing fat shaming others thing when she isn't necessarily um petite uh-huh. uh uh and like the strip club thing it just there's just so much you know hollywood right hollywood right now is basically shut down but hollywood is so stupid in general and there's just so many ridiculous personalities and so so the the concept of celebrity is so bizarre and she just seems to be feeding right right into that uh that these tropes <laughs> i mean this is the Hollywood. This is a classic Hollywood heel turn, and I think part. Of Why did you laugh there? Why, that's the you can't. I'm trying to make a point, Rohit, and you laughed in the middle of my statement. I don't know why. Do you want to elaborate on why? I can't even remember. <laughs> yeah, you, know, you just say so many things. <laughs> um, if no one else is enjoying this segment, I just can promise you that I am. <laughs> so, what were you going to say? Sorry, I, I I tried to give you hope. <laughs> I, what I was going to say is that this is it's kind of refreshing to know that the that the vicious cycle of Hollywood hasn't stopped. The chaos will come. So we have great topics on our show where if somebody's on top, generally the people that are riding with the most unblemished records, the people that kind of seem to be the sweetest are the ones that the like the world is most delighted in seeing fall down and tear down. It's quite a vicious, vicious time in our world that we live in with social media, with cancel culture. Um, but nobody's safe. Nobody's safe, even Lizzo. And I think this is a lesson to us all. It is. And uh, a very interesting lesson. I'm really glad that we, uh, we uh, really went into this topic. We uh, yeah. picked it apart and... Uh, I, right off the bone. Right off the bone. And just so you know, as an audience, before we move into our next segment, we are not done with Lizzo today. There is another Lizzo topic coming up. So be ready for it later in the show. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So so now we're going to move to uh, MAGA Monday. For, we haven't been done this segment for a few weeks. We try to cover all things MAGA. It's not necessarily Monday, but it it's the one. It's Monday somewhere. It's Monday somewhere. Right, and, that's how it works. Yeah, it's Monday somewhere. So, so uh, Rohit, do you know um, what former President Trump, leader of the MAGA revolution, uh, went through uh, today? I probably got some more charges added on. It's usually how it goes every day. Well, he had to go to a court and plead not guilty. So he had to go to D.C., go to court, and plead not guilty. So... Uh, for um, conspiracy to overturn the election. Um, mm -hmm. And so probably, I mean, with all these different things against him, this is definitely, if convicted, it's the most serious because you, 
as a president, uh, you have to uphold democracy. You swear on an oath that that's what you're going to at least attempt to do. So to overthrow an election is uh, about as bad a crime as you can do. Um, if convicted, we don't, again, we don't know all the details yet. But here's what's sad for me about MAGAs. Uh, so the, whenever Trump shows up, Rohit, uh-huh. we are expecting throngs of MAGAs to be there to support their guy, right? They're always there. And it's like they're rooting him on. So when he had, like, you know, you think when he's going to court, there would be tons of MAGAs who go there and are protesting and saying how unfair this is. He's the biggest victim ever in our society, like all that stuff. But, Rohit, very sad thing happened today. What's that? The MAGAs didn't show up. Oh, no. Yeah, they weren't there. Uh, there was, uh, they were expecting a lot of people. They thought there would be a lot of people. He was ready. Um, but here's a quote. One of the things that I think has been remarkable as being out here this morning is that we're not seeing many Trump supporters that we certainly saw in his other arraignments. And I just, I wonder where they went. Where would they have gone? Probably to their jobs. <laughs> Way, uh, they have, okay. Uh, that's an assumption, but sure. <laughs> uh, so that's our MAGA Monday update. I just, I'm shocked because I'm, I'm so used to him being followed around by MAGAs. Yeah, they're probably saving their energy for next year. You think? Uh-huh. So you have faith in them? Well, I think I think that they're not going away anytime soon. This is not the last we heard of him. But it's still and weird they didn't show yeah, up, right? Yeah, and he's obviously going to beat these charges as he's beaten all the other ones. So they'll well, we be have, back. We have a bet. We have, we have a bet that goes till, uh, I think, 2025 about... Uh, um, if he is going to uh, be in some way convicted of any of these, Rohit thinks no. I think yeah. yes. So we will yeah. see what happens. Yeah. Every time Hunter Biden's in the news, then they, he gets another. Trump gets another new sort of charges put on him the very next day. So yeah, as long as that, as long as the Republicans go after Hunter, the Democrats are going to go after Trump, and it's just going to be an endless cycle. Because they're the same basic person. I mean, one was president of the United States, and the other was a a crack addict. I mean, they're both corrupt scumbags. Yeah, so. but a little different. Uh, sure. Yeah. Different that. positions of power. One traded favors while in the White House. One traded favors potentially for his dad in the White House. So they're they're both non good people. Um, and uh, I'm introducing you all now to uh, Q, Q, uh, Kyohit. <laughs> hey, we, we can we can have our Burisma talk on a different day. We um, will. We're going to move on. Yeah. This, and, and again, MAGA Monday is not to. Uh, yes, it's it's to. Uh, to bring light to and lift up all the magas out there. Yes. So, so magas, you got to show up next time. <laughs> to, to believe that Republicans in power are good is wrong. To believe that Democrats in power are good is wrong. So, yeah, we can we can talk about that other wrong in a future episode. Um, um, I, I I did not say that. I simply uh, am purporting facts about yes. the this oh. arraignment. Uh, but let's move on to sports. Yes. Uh, you have something in sports that I'm. Very curious about because I have no idea what this is. Oh my god, you haven't seen the video? No. Okay. Oh my god. Well, I am going to put a link into this uh, chat. And Aaron, I would like for you yes. to do a live 
narration. Okay. All right. Um, and let me just put the link in there. All right. Link is in. Ooh, this and is let me exciting. know when you hit play so I can follow along. Okay. All right. Ready here. I'm opening it up to, and you have to do a whole narration because this is I an will. audio format. I will do a whole narration. All right. Here we go. I am. I just prep play. Uh, do I need volume on it or no? Uh, it doesn't hurt, but not really. All right. I'll turn it off. Um, this is an advertisement. So we have 10 seconds left of an advertisement since it's all audio. This I'm trying to figure out what the advertisement is about. It says elevate your CX. And then it went away. All right. Here they go. Here they are. They are running. We have women running. Oh, <laughs> We have a, a bunch of <laughs> a bunch of fast women running. They are sprinting to the finish line. There is a runner at the very back who is far less fast and seemingly less in uh, in shape <laughs> than the others. But she is slowly making her way down. She is finishing. The others seem already rested, and the the last runner has made it finally to the finish line. And a lot slower. She, uh, yeah. So Lizzo, for, for the, Lizzo might have had problems with her. Yeah. <laughs> so this was a 100 meter race that was, that was the World University not Games what I in China. <laughs> yeah, and this is Nasra Abu Abu Bakar Ali. She took almost twice as long to finish the 100 meter uh, as the rest of her competitors and set a world record for the slowest 100 meter in a competition. Um, and apparently she's, she's representing Somalia. And um, this is with, you know, they had runners from the US and everybody in this. She um, apparently she got in because of nepotism, because someone in Somalia, their, their minister of athletics, um, they they just like had her run and apparently she was representing the Somali university sports association, which on the, the Olympic, the Olympic committee found out does not exist after this <laughs> investigation. Awesome. Um, so yeah, uh, pretty much their sports minister, uh, Mohammed Bari Muhammad, uh, he <laughs> described the incident as an embarrassment. What was his name? His name is Mohammed Bari Muhammad. Okay. Um, okay. And he, is looking further into it because there's somebody in the Somali Athletics Federation uh, that put her into this race. And she, by the way, this girl, while everybody's sprinting, she's just kind of like jogging. And she is absolutely not in the same physical condition no. as the rest. No, again. She's she, like straight off the couch. Um, she's uh, Lizzo after a would lot of Wendy's. Be very mean to Wendy's. her. Yeah. So, uh,. <laughs> So that was funny. That was funny, and everyone should uh, should listen to should yeah, watch just, that video. Just Google Somali Sprinter. Google Somali Sprinter and uh, thank Rohit for this uh, wonderful experience. I am so happy you hadn't watched it yet. So happy. And speaking of happy, Rohit, let's move on to Hope in sixty. We have one topic, and I'm yes, Thank you for bringing that to my eyes. That was that oh was very God. very that funny. That's <laughs> all right. I got the one minute timer. Aaron's got 30 seconds to give me a problem. I got 30 seconds to solve it. Let us go now. So we have uh, discussed before the BYU Virgin Club on this show. It's an Instagram handle 
for supporting all virgins out there and hating people who aren't virgins. So uh, BYU Virgin Club has now gone after Barbenheimer. They're saying why we're boycotting Barbenheimer because Oppenheimer is a movie about a man who invented a nuclear bomb with full frontal nudity, and Barbie is a movie that uh, that promotes uh, the that shows genitalia or something. So, Roy, give me give me hope because I want people to go back to the movies. Well, as both of us are virgins, yes. we um, you know I think we can associate very closely or relate very closely to this. The hope I can give you is that after Oppenheimer and Barbie had the biggest sort of like combined weekend opening in history, um, that they're just going to stop making movies, which means no more nudity ever. So we will never have to see a naked body ever again. So thank you. Okay, I feel hope. Thank you, yeah. Rohit, because we, we've got to support the BYU Virgin Club right. and, and, and movies. And, and we fully support all, like, you know, Bob Iger and all the studios. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because we support them in their endeavor because we are very scared of the naked bodies. And if we can't make movies anymore and the strike goes on forever and there's no more Hollywood, that means no more naked bodies. Uh, That's how that works. And, that, and I think the BYU Virgin Club, their last part of the post, summed it up very well what you're saying. Not only does our club oppose genitalia in film, but we strongly reject the unrealistic beauty standards perpetuated by Mattel's Barbie toy line. You don't need to be beautiful and skinny to own a dream house or develop atomic weapons. Yeah, that's questionable. <laughs> I mean, all, all the profound, hot, all the people that I know that own atomic weapons are super hot. <laughs> yeah, like, Putin, the, the, like, the, you know, Putin, like my friend's Kim got a Jong-un. thorium reactor. Kim Jong Un is somebody hot. else that's um, just mining for uranium. Um, so, yeah, they're all super good looking. Yeah, well, yeah, which, yeah, is gr- Kim Jong-un. which is a which uh, is a a great transition. Speaking of fear of the new and good looking, uh, two gorgeous men are, are having at it. So in our debate, Rohit, uh, I've never heard of a debate like this. A lot of people are mm-hmm. scared of it. It's a mm-hmm. new concept. But apparently, Ron DeSantis, governor of Florida, former presidential candidate, because... He ain't winning shit. And uh, Gavin Newsom, future presidential candidate, governor of California, are going to have a debate. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know exactly why. I don't know for exactly what purpose. Because, again, DeSantis is like the governor of Florida, which is far away from California. Right now, neither of DeSantis isn't going to do anything with the presidency and Newsom isn't running. So yet what I want you to do, Rohit, is uh, flip that coin. And we are each going to have to take a side. Ron DeSantis or or Gavin Newsom, who we support in this upcoming debate, which I hate them both. God damn it. Come on. That's why this debate section is so good because okay. All right. you just have to prove the point that you are forced to prove okay for i'll flip it for you aaron if it lands on the lumen coin with the globe because that's like epcot looking it's yeah. florida okay okay if it lands on the drop because there's no water in california <laughs> that's that's newsome okay and it's for me yes which this is the one that you must support in this debate all right okay ready yeah 
Wait, I just, I have it in my hands. I don't know. Do I flip it? Do I just pick my hand up and just show just you? Just pick like, your hand up. Okay. You are supporting Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis. So I am now Team DeSantis oh boy. in this debate. And you are. Which is worse. God team God. Newsom. Yeah. So Ro, oh, what, would, you like, would you like to state your case first? I need to think about it. Okay, I'll go. Yeah. And remember, for everyone listening, this is a hypothetical debate. <laughs> and this is a comedy show. So now, with that out of the way, Governor DeSantis, the man led us and showed us the way during the pandemic of how you should run a state because the woke culture was trying to ruin American daily lives. And when you do such things as be gay, not only are you ruining everyone else's life with your own sexual preference that you choose to do behind closed doors, but you're also ruining the, uh, you're, you're ruining the pandemic too, because really it's your fault for all of it. And, and then we've got Governor Newsom over here, little Mr. Wokey Pants, who is all about like, oh, everyone's equal. Everyone's the same. Everyone should be treated equally. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, right, white dude. Like, we both know, me, DeSantis, you, Newsom, that we're better than the other people. So get with the program, you woke loser. And uh, Disney's in California, so why don't you go to, go to Disneyland? At least we don't have a Disney in Florida. So, oof, that was pretty compelling. <laughs> Shit. Well, oh, wait, wait, sorry. We, uh, my bad. We do have a Disney in Florida. So uh, for the DeSantis people, our goal is to immediately remove the biggest economic force in Florida because I am all about, Team DeSantis is all about money. We're about getting people money and making the most money tax-free and we want to eliminate all things, even if they bring us lots of money like Disney. Ooh. <laughs> I know. You, I, made, you made a compelling <laughs> argument. Thank you. Uh, yep. So go team DeSantis and uh, five, five, seven for life. It, it's all about being five foot seven. Okay. Um, well, with Gavin Newsom, I believe in a candidate that is really, really there uh, to make sure that a state is not supporting its farmers, because farmers are boring, right? Um, and diverting resources from farmland, <laughs> diverting uh, money towards farms and uh, putting them to other pet projects, I think is important because pets are cool and everybody loves pets. So how can you vote against someone that doesn't like pets? Secondly, um, I like someone that thinks for themselves. And Gavin Newsom is a man that thinks for himself. When everybody was forced into lockdown, he thought for him, and you know, they had to stay indoors. He's the one that thought for himself and he was able to host parties without masks, um, rent out big restaurants in Napa. And that to me is really, that shows an independent thinker. <laughs> um, it's valid, I love very that, valid. That tackles the homeless problem by uh, making sure California's policies that where California houses more than 50% of all the homeless in the United States, um, despite having less than 50% of the population, because 
we love homeless people because it's so warm here. We really would love for more, um, uh, you know, people, uh, because I love, cause here's the thing. I wish I could pay more taxes, but with the way the tax rates have been going in California, I sadly, it's been so astronomical. I haven't, it's the, you know, the states, they can't pass laws fast enough so I can pay more taxes because they're already so astronomical. Um, for me, I also love when people cheat on their partners um, to have new partners. And I know that's like, I think it's just healthy to be polygamous uh, or, or, and also I think that crime, um, I'm a big fan of shoplifting. And I do think that how the state has fallen into a place where retailers are leaving, um, not only due to high taxes on businesses, but I think that it's so important that people can steal um, less than $900 worth and face no prosecution um, because overall California city, uh, Valley cities in California, but if also from a state level are not prosecuting crime. Um, I think it's important because as criminals, Aaron, you and I, it's important <laughs> that we are able to have this. And I think that it would be really great as president if he was able to carry more of these policies that is that have made um, that have really resulted in the successes that I just talked about. Um, so that is why I am pro Gavin Newsom. That was very compelling. Uh, I, I really uh, appreciate <laughs> your um, your fight for what's right. And I guess we'll leave it to the listeners. Please chime in. Yeah. Um, do you Let's feel now? Some. Are you are you team DeSantis? Go Ronnie D. Or are you team uh, Gavin Snowflake Newsom? Yeah. Make the right choice. Make the, r- the best hair. Make the right choice. Uh, so, row it. Now we're going to move to topic two. This yes. is big time fear of the new. It's a little freaky to me, but I kind of feel positive about it. But probably for, but it's very much being reported as a like bad thing. So. Okay. Have you heard about a company in China called Dictator? (laughs) Is it like a penis potato? (laughs) Yeah, probably. It is a rum producer, a a luxury rum producer. And they have a new CEO. The CEO and the face of Dictator is a woman named Micah. Micah is an AI robot. Hmm. And so here's where I feel hope and hopeless. I feel hope, hopeless, because this shows that lots of jobs are replaceable and can be replaceable by non-humans. This makes me feel hope because I think overall CEOs, overall, again, not always, are, uh, are just overpaid talking heads. So why not have a robot do it instead of a human, and then they don't have to get paid crazy money, and the money can go to the people who actually make the company run. Yeah, I mean, the CEO is responsible to the shareholders, but generally, they tend to hire a lot of vampires that tend to suck the blood out of the shares and the profits of the employees. We have seen CEO, sorry to get in my soapbox, um, we have seen CEO bonuses grow to 10 times what they were 50 years ago, and that's in proportion to what the employees make. So through the decades, CEO profits have gotten higher and higher and higher and higher and higher, or rather their bonuses and their pay. Meanwhile, the average American 
is struggling to pay for what they were able to ease more easily for just 10 years ago. Yep. So, um, Aaron, here's the thing. There are good CEOs out there, Mm -hmm. but the position itself, it it comes with a lot of baggage. And I don't think that they're, they're never in the best interest of people. They're in the best interest of shareholders. Right. And that in itself causes a lot of problems because you overlook so much humanity. Henry Ford, did you know Henry Ford had to go to fucking court when he was CEO of Ford back in the day? He wanted to, and the Model T took off and became so successful. He said, I want to give shares and a huge chunk of profits back to the people that work the line. He was taken to court. Except for Jews. I don't, yeah, maybe, maybe. I don't know that, but, but. Oh, uh, massive anti-Semite. So he would have given it Walt Disney, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, No, no, Walt Disney. Well, we won't go there, but. Yeah. uh, Yes, uh, Henry Ford, massive anti-Semite. But regardless, he was taken to court by his shareholders because they wanted to prevent him from giving money, this extra, these, these profits back to the company, back to the people. They said it must go to the shareholders and he lost that case in the Supreme Court. So that set precedent, a long precedent, but that has just turned into a snowball effect for where we are today. So this is an AI CEO, Aaron. Yes. What will this AI CEO base its knowledge base from? What will it base its intelligence on? This is the thing that I love about this, is what do human CEOs base their knowledge and intelligence on? Money and profits. And and, and just following the crowd, I think. A lot of it is yes. just like... But the way... Yeah. And I think, I think an AI CEO could be better in a lot of cases. AI will only... AI can only, it's the only thing about AI intelligence, and yes, there's generative AI, which is able to kind of make decisions based on past things, but AI, it will get its knowledge from the behavior of past CEOs. Right, but what if you program the AI AI CEO to instead be more uh, employee favorable? So that CEO, AI CEO, will not be maximizing profits for shareholders as is literally this is not a cynical definition this is literally the literal definition of a ceo is their role is to maximize profits for shareholders if it's not doing its job that ai ceo will be will be removed i would love to see the firing of the first ai ceo that would be fun too yeah so right now it's just passing the buck and actually i think it's pretty smart because when the shareholders remain rich and they continue to rake profits Mm -hmm. they can't blame a person and that bonus money that would have gone to the CEO now goes to the shareholders. Well, even more money to the shareholders, not back to the company. That's the reason they have an AI CEO, so they can get even more money. The shareholders. Um. Well, <laughs> do you feel hope? No. So I'm going to. Uh, so I'm instead <laughs> going to. Uh, end this topic by uh, educating you and our listeners on Henry Ford, the founder of Ford Motor, um, his anti-Semitism. That's what we're going to end this segment. So ready, ready to learn. (laughs) Uh, Henry Ford, there's a whole piece on it on on PBS, the American experience. Henry Ford's anti-Semitic views echoed the fears and assumptions of many Americans in the late 19th and early 20th century. Anti-Semitism in America saw change 
and forged, uh, that brought millions of Jews to the U.S. during Ford's childhood. Uh, a close friend recalled a camping trip in 1919 during which Ford lectured a group around the campfire. He attributes all evil to Jews or to the Jewish capitalists. The Jews caused the war. The Jews caused the outbreak of thieving and robbery all over the country, and the Jews caused the inefficiency of the Navy. Um, do you want more? That seems a bit harsh, to be honest. <laughs> um, what kind of things did Henry Ford blame on the Jews? Throughout the Dearborn Independent, a uh, periodical that Ford published articles in, Ford published articles that refer to Jews in every possible context as at the root of America and the world's ills. Strikes, it was the Jews. Any kind of financial scandal, the Jews. Agricultural depression, the Jews. So the Jew, in a way, became the symbol of a world that was being manipulated and controlled. So we can end this topic now. But I, uh, that's why when you brought up Henry Ford, I, uh, I, I can't quite go Team Ford and whatever he had to deal with. But you, I think at some points you have to separate who he was versus the point, the good point he was trying, the good thing he was He's trying. He's done amazing stuff. Like, this yeah. is how um, bad people can do good things. I believe that too. Bad people can still accomplish good things. Um, I agree with you. Very much so. That's why a lot is gray. Um, I'm not against someone owning a Ford. I have never personally, but um, our producer does, Tim. Uh, and I do want a Bronco. So, uh, yeah. Well, I want a Ford Bronco just so I can reenact OJ a lot. I mean, reenact or just, or just redo. Redo. All right, let's go to Hopeless TV. <laughs> yes. Uh so, Rohit, here is my Hopeless TV. This is a callback before we get to our biggest callback of the show as we start to wrap it up. I feel hopeless about Barbenheimer. Why? Why? I'm glad you asked. So, I worry that there won't be carryover with Barbenheimer so that it affects more movies in a positive light. I hope it does. I hope it leads to more and more people going to the movies, but I worry that it was just this one cultural phenomenon that hit at the right moment and is going to help two studios, Universal and Warner Brothers, two CEOs, Zaslav and uh, Blanking, and, uh, and that's it. And, uh, oh, and I did come up with something that I want. I want before, well, actually, give me hope there, and then I'll just tell you something I, I thought of. Like, I'm not sure if I totally understand. Um, like, the are the movies are movies going to do well? Like, ne this weekend, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comes out. Yeah. Is that going to do well, or is it going to underperform because people are just seeing Barb and Barbie and Oppenheimer? I mean, Barbie and Oppenheimer are both pretty much still sold out. Yeah. Like, on most screens. So that is absolutely going to hurt Ninja Turtles. However, I think people that are looking for those tickets are like, fine, might as well see something, and they'll see Ninja Turtles. So I do think, I mean, I think it's a special moment in time to see two like big, big movies just take the world by storm. But let us also remember, Barbie spent more on marketing than they did on making the movie. And true that I don't know if it's ever been done. Um, and so that's quite interesting. So you can just see that effect for people like myself that work in entertainment marketing. All right, that's so a that's thing. a good thing. Okay. 
Yeah. So we just can hope. For, all right, I feel hope. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Let, lots more cool shit. So while it might, you know, some of the movies might suffer the brunt of just mega massive stuff, that means we're going to see more cool stuff out there. And, uh, and I actually just looked, and it seems like, if I'm reading this right, that uh, Barbie made twelve million and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles made ten million on Wednesday. So people are gonna be seeing the new movie, which is good because um, it's supposed to be cool. So here's yeah, my one my one other idea. Now we've talked about AI CEOs. I have a new not fear of fear of the new. I have a actual new proposition that I believe would end the strikes in Hollywood. I believe it would end uh, a lot of problems we have in society with uh, corporatism. And I want to know your thoughts on this, Rohit. Mm -hmm. I believe, and it can start with the movie industry, every time like Zaslav at Warner Brothers, if they have a hit like Barbie, they can take all the credit they want for it. If, on the other hand, they have a movie like The Flash, Warner Brothers made that and lost a fortune on that, and who gets blamed? Everyone but the CEO. He, they never take blame for when the movie does poorly. They blame it on the director, on the actors, on the, on the marketing. Yes. They never, they always take the credit, they never take the blame. So this is what I would like going forward for all companies. We'll start in Hollywood. Every time a movie succeeds, they can take all the credit they want. They deserve it. If, and only if, every time they have a bomb, every time a movie like The Flash comes out and doesn't do well, they must go outside their company and sit in a dunk tank and let people all day throw a ball and dunk them in water. Aaron, I love that in principle, but I hate it for the arts. Because think of some of the fantastic bits of stuff we've seen on screen that didn't do well commercially. But... No, no, no. Like, for example... No, no, this isn't about doing well or not doing well. This is money for the... As you said, the CEOs are for the shareholders. So when they don't do well, when the movies don't do well, they have to be publicly shamed. I would love that. However, then that makes them even more cautious. We see less brave content because the CEOs won't want to get shamed, right? So they say, all right, what is going to be the safest thing so I don't have to get dunked? But, um, he, but I bet Zaslav thought The Flash, some comic thing, was a huge guarantee. I, this is the thing. I think The Flash I mean, still would have been made, and he'd have to be out there getting dunked for a day. <laughs> and I think the line would be hours long to be able to dunk a CEO. You know, I do love the visual of it. But I, I am concerned for the creative implications. But... I respect you for coming, not with problems, but with solutions. Solutions. It's not the, yeah, it's, it's the, you can't be fearful of the new. This is a new idea. I believe it would be a huge success. You're a visionary, Aaron. Thank you. Thank you. And so now we get to come back to Lizzo. As we all know, we haven't been here in a while, but we have guessed the BTS segment slash uh, uh, Sandoval because we are huge uh, Sandoval fans, the reality TV mm -hmm. star. Yes. And BTS, we've been fans of forever. Um, we don't. We now know a bit more of their music. At first, we didn't know any of it. But Rohit, can you guess what Lizzo and BTS have in common, or what they what happened between the two of them? I don't remember any of BTS people getting canceled, so that's not that. I would say someone from BTS. 
just took up violin. That's... <laughs> this is way, way better. <laughs> but good guess, as always. You're totally wrong. So, per all the uh, the stuff you talked about... I, oh, she doesn't even play violin. She plays, like, the trumpet or some shit. Yeah. Wh- this, or flute. She plays the flute, and no, anyway. And none of that matters for this. Yeah. Um, so, little did I know when you brought up your topic that this topic actually related. In 2019... When asked if she would collaborate with BTS, Lizzo said, I don't know if I can make it through a studio session without having sex with all of them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that's quite flattering. So with all these allegations coming to light, they are now saying that Lizzo was uh, saying that she uh, just would have to have sex with all seven members of BTS. I think that's actually pretty funny. And, you know, it's shit. But that's not okay. I mean, if a dude said that about Blackpink. Um, oh, done. Yeah. Oh, over. Career over. Like, absolutely career over. But it is kind of funny still. What it, You said that about Blackpink, didn't you? No, never mind. We won't go there. Um, I'm a virgin, bro. You're a virgin. BYU virgin. So, yeah. all right, we get, Life. we get to wrap up the show now with uh, a 4chan for love and then one submission. So, yes. Rohit? So, from... Yes, from 4chan, this love. This one is titled, Anon Cleans His Room. So, oh no, mother tells me to clean the room. I'm terrified of these. Uh, all right, so mother tells me to clean the room. I don't really want to do it. Mother goes to bed. I don't start cleaning because I'm lazy. Really wanting to jack off. <laughs> all right, I'll beat my meat then. <laughs> Feels good, man.png. My mom enters the room right after I came in the tissue. Oh, God. Oh, fuck. I instantly pull up my pants and back up and pretend to be cleaning my workspace. <laughs> Pretending cum tissue is a moist towelette. <laughs> my mom says that she won't leave until I finish cleaning. My face when I just smeared semen all over my room. Four <laughs> <laughs> uh, chance great. Uh, in case you wondered where Rohit gets uh, all his ideas and thoughts from. <laughs> Now you see a little more into the, the, the genius behind the man. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like Willy Wonka or something. Yeah. <laughs> Willy Wonka and the cum factory. You know, something your imagination. Smear the cum. Uh, all right. We have one submission. This is actually not a submission. This is a shout out to a listener of ours who is celebrating a birthday. And I just want to say happy birthday, Blake. Uh, Blake Blockade 21 is going to be a great year You deserve it You've made it this far I can't wait to have your first drink with you And, yeah. and happy birthday That's 21 in dog years, right? Uh, or, just, or normal human He's It's just 21 Forever 21 okay. Forever 21 Which is great Because those are all the clothes he wears Like great plaid <laughs> yeah. All that And uh, Yes so thank you for listening, everybody. This has been a fun show for me. I think uh, I enjoyed it the most. Um, yeah, this is great. Yeah. Well, you know, you got me the 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 Newsom stand. We got the DeSantis, the DeSantis in Aaron, and so hopefully we're able to help you have a more informed vote for twenty twenty four with this. Um, and uh, and yeah. lots of Lizzo. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
so follow us on all the socials. I'm the Aaron Wolf, Vohit for Rohit, with the number four, The Hopeless Show, on all the stuff. And keep spreading the word, keep listening. If you've made it this far in this episode, tell three of your friends to, to rate or like our show, or share it, or just tell them to listen to it, because um, we can't do this without you. Isn't that what you're supposed to say? We can't do this yeah. without you. First time, long time. Yeah. It's, the following has been brought to you by the letter Q. By Nerd Wallet. <laughs> yeah. By Nerd Wallet. So thank you for listening. We will be back next week. And until then, stay hopeful. When the world seems gold and bleak and you just can't take it anymore, here it comes, that glimmer of hope, a light shines through the dark. It's a hopeless show. We're there